Hello and welcome to In the Growth Space. This is the show for business owners and leaders who have a thirst for growth. In today's episode, I'm honored to have Mike Kim on the show. Have you ever wondered what a personal brand is and if you have one? (laughs) Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with on this week's show. I'm your host and growth coach, David McGlennon, and I am so excited for today's show because while I feel like I know Mike Kim, I only met him right before we started recording, but I've known him from his work with the John Maxwell team, which I'm a part of, and also his own podcast called Brand You Personal Branding. Now, Mike Kim is a brand strategist for business thought leaders, coaches, and authors who want to create an impact with their ideas and and get their message heard. People like me. Mike's refreshing approach has made him a sought-after speaker, online educator, and consultant for top thought leaders like John Maxwell, Donald Miller, and Daniel Amen, MD. Mike's clients include New York Times bestselling authors and other experts featured on PBS, TED, CNN, and Fox. Mike is the author of You Are the Brand, the eight-step blueprint to showcase your unique expertise and build a highly profitable, personally fulfilling business. He's been featured in and written for Inc., Entrepreneur, and the Huffington Post. He is also the host, as I said, of the top-rated and ranked podcast called The Brand You Podcast. And he's spoken at industry-leading events like Social Media Marketing World, Tribe Conference, and Podcast Movement. He's been a guest on some leading podcasts like Smart Passive Income, Marketing Made Simple, and Read to Lead, all of the ones that I, I listen to. <laughs> so that's why I'm so excited about today. And uh, he's going to be sharing some great information from his new book called You Are the Brand. And, and I got an advanced copy of that book. And it's it's really great. And it's so practical. Now, I'll be back at the end with some closing thoughts. But for now, here's that conversation with Mike Kim. Hey, Mike, uh, welcome to In the Growth Space. So grateful to have you on today. Well, David, it is an honor to be with you today. Thank you for having me. And for those tuning in, I hope to add some value today. Yeah, I know you will. I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time. And and uh, I'm super excited to, to talk with you because I know that you've written a, a brand new book. And, and it's speaking of brand, it's about branding. <laughs> and um, so I'd love for uh, for you to tell us a little bit about, like, what was the biggest thing that you learned in writing your book? Well, Writing a book, I've heard some people compare it to having children. Women have told me that, of course. I can't, yeah. as a man, I can't even right. begin to kind of understand that. Yeah. And I don't have kids of my own. But it was a a, a long process and it, it really forced me to focus because I think in today's world, we live in such a microwave society even more yeah. than ever. Yeah, uh, everything's on demand. Everything's instant. We post something on Facebook or Instagram, we get immediate feedback. And I think What this process taught me was or reminded me that it takes a long time to build real substantial things. It's fun to build things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get away from that in this fast-paced world of social media and entrepreneurship. 
Yeah. And you don't realize things take time. Worthwhile things will often take time. And that's what I really yeah. learned from this, just sticking with it day by day. Yeah. I mean, that's such a huge lesson. And so I hope our, our listeners really grab onto that because it's, it, and in your book, I know you talk about that process that it's not overnight. It, it's a, it's a process. And, and actually, you know, that reminds me too, you talked about in the book, the value of focus and, and the value of, of focusing. I'd love for you just to kind of unpack that a little bit. Why is that important? as someone who's building a brand and, and, and really thinking about building a brand. Yeah. So one of, one of my favorite things to, and this came up in a workshop, actually, I didn't, I didn't just cook this up in my room one day. And that's, <laughs> that's one thing that I want to kind of say to everybody that your best ideas come when you're on the field of play. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sitting on back and waiting for, you know, the universe to drop some revelation into you, you're doing <laughs> it wrong. It right. doesn't work like that. Sometimes we have ideas in the shower and, and, and whatever, you know, that's fine. And very few of those ideas ever materialize. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> um, what I found in working with clients, which is why I still do client work, which is why I still do coaching, which is why I still love doing workshops, is that the best ideas come from getting down in the dirt with people and really helping them where they are. So I, I work with a lot of folks who are trying to build a personal brand business as a coach, a speaker, a consultant. A, an author, you name it. And the process can be slow going at times. And oftentimes, we don't know what steps to take, which is why I wrote this book. One of the biggest principles that I, I like to share is that success is sequential. It's not simultaneous. Yeah. yeah. We look at these folks who are out there when they're doing nine different things, and we assume that they did it all on you know, in one year. It's right. Not, it's not like that. So the value of focus is really an illustration that's, I, I think, in chapter two of the book, where when you're starting out, there's this path ahead of you. And the path is ultimately for us who are who, who want to be entrepreneurs and want to control our own work lives is to get to this magical place I call the land of whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I love and that. <laughs> we look, yeah, we look at people like Gary Vee and we look at The Rock and we look at mm -hmm. Oprah and we say, look, they can do whatever they want. They right. make money. I want that life. And I'm like, hold on, wait a second. That's not how it worked. It didn't even work that way for them. When you start out, the valley of focus is a dark, lonely road that you walk through where you seem to be going down rather than up, mm -hmm. where it gets worse when, other than, rather than seeming better, where you have to narrow down all your, you have to narrow your energy and focus on one or two things. And we, you have to niche down. And sometimes that feels like you're walking with, you know, your legs tied or something like that because <laughs> you have a lot of passions. You're multi-passionate. But the way that it works in the in the real world is that in reality, you and I are known to most people for only one or two things. We people are like Lego bricks. <laughs> they only have a limited amount of space. Yeah. For the people they follow. And if you're taking up four, five, six different things, people will just discard you. You have yeah. to be known for one or two things. Mm -hmm. And when you focus down into that, what actually happens is that you attract people who need your help. And in some ways, influencers or leaders who need your help for their own tribes. Mm -hmm. So as an example, I was really primarily a brand strategist, but that didn't make sense to a lot of people. I was the CMO mm -hmm. of a company. Look, I knew how to do everything, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But the market doesn't understand that. You ask uh -huh. 10 people what branding is, they'll give you 10 different answers. Right. So I chose to niche down into copywriting because most people know whether they're a good writer or not. Right. Yeah. So once I niched down into that space, other leaders who had significant platforms said, I really like how you teach writing. Can mm. you come and teach my crowd 
my audience, my tribe about copywriting. And when I went over there, a bunch of their followers started following me. Uh And then a different leader would see me speak on that guy's platform and say, wow, they had you on their show. You must be know what you're doing. Can you come on my show? Or can you come speak to my audience? And then I would gain some more followers that way. And eventually I hit enough pockets of influence where I grew my own following. And though I serve those people. And if I do a good job retaining relationship with those folks long enough, I could pivot my career into something completely different. I could become a health coach one day. I could become a motivational speaker one day. And they will follow me into the land of whatever I want. Because they just like me for me. They're not just about what I teach anymore. They're like, they like me for me. And that's what happened with The Rock. That's what happened with Gary Vee. The Rock was a failed NFL football player. He'd never made it to the league. Went into wrestling. (laughs) He was booed out of the the stadium early on in his career. Went on to become this huge star. Then he went to go make movies. Why did those movie producers hire him? Because he was so popular in wrestling. They figured if we put him in a movie... A good portion of his fans will come follow him to the movie theater. And they did. Not yeah. everybody, but enough did. And now he can yeah. do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and, and I think that that even hits on a key component that you talk about in your book. And 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 really, it's the value of relationships and and building those relationships and, and investing in those relationships. You know, in your mind, how, how important is that then in building that brand and building your brand or actually, as you say it in your book, becoming the brand? Yeah, I mean, relationships are rocket ships. There, yeah. There's no way that you can run any kind of business by yourself. Yeah. There's no lone rangers in this business. True. And so when I kind of look at my experience over the last couple of years, uh, this was a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And I didn't cash in and transact with these relationships prematurely. Mm-hmm. I was just a friend to a lot of leaders. I yeah. wasn't intimidated by them. I knew at the end of the day that they were just regular people as well yeah. with the same fears and insecurities that everyone else has, yeah. just with more influence. Right. And anyone and everyone who's endorsed this book in the front, you know, inside the front cover, they're all people who said to me countless times over the years, if you ever need anything, let me know. And I said, I'll let you know when I need something. (laughs) And this past year, I was like, hey, remember three years ago, four (laughs) years ago, seven years ago, you said, call me when you need anything. I need you now. (laughs) And David, they were happy to oblige. That's so great. Right? Yeah. So one of the things that I look at when it comes to relationships is just realize that everybody else wants the same thing that mm-hmm. you probably want. Yeah. They may want it on a different scale or in a different way, mm-hmm. but if you can find a way to make them significant, if you can mm-hmm. find a way to make them feel good, you know, and help them get what they want, you'll be in good shape. Yeah, yeah, so true. I was so blown away when I opened up the cover and 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 saw that uh, Todd Herman was he wrote your forward, and I've read his uh, the alter ego effect, and I thought to myself, wow. That's that's pretty cool for a, a guy that's writing his first book to get somebody like a Todd Herman and you know countless others. I think Donald Miller was in, you know endorsing. That just shows the value of building those relationships over time, and I, I love that. And I think that's so important as a leader and and to to build those relationships. And I, I guess go back for just a second. I probably should have started with this, but for those people who are listening and really don't have an idea what a brand is. What is a brand and and why should we as leaders really be 
thinking about it and becoming our own brand? Well, a brand is simply an identity, right? Okay. That's everybody understands that a brand is an identity. Yeah. It's not a company. It's an identity. It's a yeah. reputation. Years ago, I think, I, I think it was Jeff Bezos who said this. I'm not sure uh, because, you know, quotes get thrown around on the internet. Yeah. And someone asked him, you know, what's a brand? And he said, a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Now, I would update that to the 2021 version. And I would say a brand is what people say about you before you even get in the room. Oh, yeah. Or it's what people know about you before you even get on a stage. And, and that's the difference. As a leader, you have a reputation. People have said this to me. You have a reputation that precedes you. And mm. I say, I hope it's a good one. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, And that's really a brand. The, the concept of branding comes, of course, from farmers who used to burn the identifying mark onto their livestock. Yeah. Only later did it expand into business. Uh, one of the things that we talk about in the book is a guy named Josiah Wedgwood, who was an English potter oh, in the yeah. 1700s. He won a pottery competition hosted by Queen Charlotte. And after that, he, he called all his pottery Queensware. And he was <laughs> one of the first recorded people who actually, quote unquote, branded his products you know, with a name. That brand exists to this day, three, 400 years later. Wow. You know, 300 wow. years later, it still exists to this day. So you look at that and you realize a brand is an identity. Now, a personal brand just expands to include you as a person. Uh, okay. It's not a t-shirt. I'm wearing an Under Armour shirt today. And people know yeah. that quote unquote identity or brand because of the logo. Yeah. But a personal brand is your is a combination of your ideas, your expertise, your reputation, your personalities, your look, you know, your oh. image, your energy, all of those things together make up who you are and the impression that you give to people. Yeah. And if ever, anyone ever says David's an energetic guy or <laughs> Mike's a low-key guy or he's a laid-back guy, that's a part of your identity. It's a part of yeah. your brand. Yeah. So as leaders, we have to understand that this can put us at an extreme advantage or an extreme disadvantage. Yeah, 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 that's true. And, and I guess then, you know, it's so it, it's really important to be able to, to identify what brand is and what, you know, what you're bringing into the room or even before you get into the room. So how do you help leaders and, and, and maybe even businesses as a whole, but but specifically leaders to to identify their their brand or or uh, get clear on their messaging and and how they describe it. Yeah, and I love that we're talking about leaders because leaders have a unique role, clearly, yeah, right? Yeah. And let me first draw a distinction between leaders and experts. Ah, okay. There are a lot of experts out there. Experts are people who know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. People listen to experts, but yeah. people follow leaders. Yeah. And the point in the book is when we're talking about building a personal brand, become someone worth buying, become mm. someone worth listening to. And if you're a leader, become someone worth following. Yeah. So many of us, so many people present a false version of themselves, right? And they think yeah. that a leadership position or a title warrants attention and influence. And David, you and know, I both know yeah. that. that's not true. It's not right? true. Yeah, right. These are people who feel that attention is owed, not earned. You've got uh -huh. to earn it. Yeah. Then there are these other people who, who on the flip side of it, try to be super relational and super quote unquote authentic, <laughs> and they overshare the name of authenticity. Right. And actually, they're not leading at all. They're just sharing their struggles. They're trying to sell their struggles. Right. These are folks who are, are like a car wreck on a highway. They slow down traffic. They get a lot of attention, but people leave. Yeah. My point in the book is become a leader who's worth gathering around. One of the litmus test questions that I shared to everybody is, can you build a campfire around what you're sharing? 
Yeah. Yeah. By that, I mean, is it warm? Is it inviting? Is it empowering? Is it a light in the darkness? Is yeah. it a place where communities can gather around and be formed? Uh, Those are what leaders are. Yeah. You know, leaders yeah. are beacons. Leaders right. are people who gather others. Leaders are people who facilitate environments where people can share stories. They light mm. the way. Yeah. Now, when it comes to getting the message out there, I ask three simple questions to help clarify what we say as leaders. Okay. The first question is, what pisses you off? <laughs> I love it. Second yeah. question is, what breaks your heart? Yeah. And the third question is, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? Yeah. What pisses you off is about the injustice that you see mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. What breaks your heart is the compassion you have for people. These are emotional words. Yeah. The third, what is the big problem you're trying to solve? That is either the purpose of your business or is the purpose of your leadership. And so if you can drill down into those three, get to the core of who you are, then you're going to have a message that truly resonates mm -hmm. with people. If, you, if we take a look at any of the great leaders out there, yeah. You can reverse engineer their message even based on those three questions. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty uh, concise too. If you dive into the, those questions, you're going you're gonna to start to discover things a, a lot about yourself. And I think that was the other thing that I got out of the book is that it, this is a journey and it's a journey of really going inward. And I think that's one of the things that you talked about, even in that Valley of Focus, it's, it's, it's a lonely journey sometimes, and, but, but you have to go inside and really do some work, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there are a lot, many more easy ways to make money <laughs> than to do what you know, we do. Yeah. If you just want to make money, go <laughs> flip properties. Yeah. You know, go right. sell cannabis. It's a really good market right yeah, now. It's a great market right now. You know, go do weird <laughs> things online. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, especially as a personal brand, and, and, and the challenge of the book is become the person you're trying to sell to people. It brings out the best in you, but also reveals the roughest parts of you. Yeah, no doubt. And that's really, <laughs> really important. It, it requires a lot of work. I mean, for me, that like walking on this journey, becoming somebody that people want to gather around, that required a lot of work. And I still have a lot of work to do, but I found that the more I work on myself, the more successful I became and the less I cared about the success. Isn't that interesting? It was more the process of becoming. That's the more yeah. valuable thing. It's not just getting there. It's the process and the journey of becoming who you're trying mm -hmm. to become. That's the value. That's, that's, you know, every day I wrote this book and worked on it, you know, and this is, it's been six, seven years in the making. Yeah, I, I remember Fine, yeah. listening to you on your podcast talking about how it's taken a little while. That's interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So as you as you think about your own journey, because I I love that you talk about this in in the book because I, I really think that there's a lot of business owners and business leaders who don't realize that man, this is a this is a tough road sometimes. And it's it's one, but it's 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 one that if you're willing to be brave and you're willing to to do the work, it can be really rewarding. And I, I think that when I started out on my journey, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Quickly found out that I was going to have to do a lot of work inside, and and have you know over the past six years have have been doing that. But those business leaders who maybe they're working for a company right now, you know how. How does this impact them? Like how, if I'm working for a company, how does this impact me? And, and I guess maybe, maybe more importantly, like why is it important? Well, I would first say this, not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. 
Yeah. In the same way that not everyone's cut out to work in a, in a formal company. Yeah, it's true. We can do it for a while. People can do one or the other for a while. But ultimately, if it's not a natural outflow of who you are, mm-hmm. then you know it's not going to work. Now, I will say this. When I was younger, I never thought I, would, I was an entrepreneur. I never would have believed it. I kind of stumbled into it if you will. And I was born at the right time. You know, I wouldn't have made it if I had to open a pizza shop or something like that. But, you know, the internet has made things possible for a lot of people that weren't possible before. Yeah. But I will say that there's a distinction in terms of making sure that you are following a path that is true to you. And Mm. the reason I wrote the book is because it's the book that I was searching for. Okay. When yeah. I was in that transitional period, I'd worked in corporate life most of my life, organizational life most of my life. And, you know, I came from all things from a church background, yeah. then went into a corporate marketing job. And I was like, none of these are really the paths I want to follow. There has to be something else. And I didn't know that there was anything else. I just thought this was it. And then I started to dig into a couple of people who were online and teaching some things. And I was like, I wonder how that person became an author. I wonder how they became a speaker. I wonder how they started sharing their expertise. Mm. And I just was curious about it. Now, the issue is what I referred to a few minutes ago. I didn't know what I wanted to say to the world. Yeah. And that's really difficult. It's really difficult to sell something if you have nothing to say. Right. (laughs) And that's why I started with those questions. You know, what pisses you off? What breaks you off? What's the big problem you're trying to solve? And For many of us, we've had this muscle of self-expression atrophied and beaten out of us because of organizational life. Yeah. We just don't know what we feel anymore. In fact, many of the people I work with, the folks who struggle the most are people who come from highly regulated industries, education, healthcare, law, government, the military, finance. There's a thing called regulatory. Yeah. Or compliance right. in those industries. <laughs> yeah. You can't just say what you want. Right. So this idea of coming on to a podcast and just kind of saying things because mm-hmm. you truly believe them, because yeah. you're opinionated about them, because you have an actual point of view, right, is very foreign to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. it is important whether you stay in organizational life or you become an entrepreneur, it's important that you know where you stand. Yeah. Yeah. Those things are subject to change as you get older and as you mature and you grow. Right. But it's important that you just get comfortable saying something. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I'll often talk about that aspect of leadership with emerging leaders and and really finding their voice and really like being comfortable with who they are. And I think that is so important to to leaders and and obviously being the brand that uh, that you want to be. Like, where do you start? I mean, is there is there some order or do you just kind of like throw things up at the wall and say, hey, let's see what sticks. So like, what's how, how do we go about really becoming the brand that we want to be. Yeah, for me, one of the things I did early on was to really change the narrative that I was telling myself. And okay. you, you just said it perfectly, David, right? Like, you have to do this inner work. Yeah. And one of the things I did, I was got, I, I used to get so frustrated, like, who am I? What am I good at? And I remember this one time, I just started writing down everything I did at work all, across all the jobs that I had, oh, yeah. even soft skills, not yeah. just what was on the job description, but you know, what I really did, Yeah. you know, and I wrote down, you know, I spoke at church, uh, I led volunteers for the music team. 
I taught SATs to high school kids. I did that oh, when wow. I was just out of college. I hosted conferences. I marketed albums that we recorded. I did recruiting seminars for finding new teachers for the academy that I used to work for. Uh, I would hold board meetings. I, you know, I wrote down all, I was a mentor, younger people. I would mm-hmm. do all these things. I would yeah. coach young high school students about life, you know, in the middle of SAT class, right? <laughs> yeah. And I took my pen and started crossing out the end of every sentence. And I looked at it and it said, I spoke, I marketed, I hosted conferences, I ran seminars, I mentored, I coached. And man, I tell you, it was like I saw myself for the first time. Interesting. Because we tend to look at everything through the lens of the organization or job that we're in yeah. rather than seeing ourselves for who we are. That was who I am or was at that time. It was yeah. me that I was looking at on that sheet of paper. Yeah. It just stripped away the lenses, the organization I was working for. Got it. Because honestly, David, when I started in this space, I was like, look at how big of a disadvantage I'm at. You know, if I put my resume on LinkedIn, people are going to laugh me out of the building. I, I don't, I have church experience. I have SAT teaching experience. What do I know? And I was telling in myself and reinforcing that narrative. It wasn't true. Right. It was not true. And so that exercise alone has really helped me because once you say like, I want to go start a business, I want to go start a brand. It's not going to be long until you run into your own self-limiting beliefs. Right. I, I tell you what, it's, it's going to come sooner than you think. So true. And so doing that exercise actually helped me rebrand myself to myself. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the, the the fact that you use that phrase that you reframed it to yourself because I think that uh, I often talk about that to emerging leaders and and that I work with and 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 and, and I they'll come to me and say you know well this is the situation but I have to ask them how could you reframe that what could you look at differently and I, I love the fact that you uh, talked about crossing off the last part of the sentence to do that reframing and really looking at the verbs of the of the sentence and what it is that you who you are being and what you are doing through that process yeah it's super important super important that's really the foundation of everything and to this day you know i i use a five the five minute journal it's one of the things i've gotten the habit of doing just to keep a habit of affirming myself and seeing Mm. myself in different ways watching what i say i used to say oh i'm bad at math and then i would tell myself this narrative that i'm not a numbers guy and it would affect Mm. budgeting and it would affect you know business finances and all these sort and taxes and all that sort of stuff and investing Mm. and i'm like wait hold on a second no one's telling me this except for me right no one's telling me i'm bad at math yeah i'm telling myself i'm bad at it yeah no more yeah, and it's really important that we learn to do that, get in the habit of doing that, reframing uh, ourselves. Yeah, I, I love that, Mike. And and I just want to speak to the to the listeners for just a second because I really think that that's probably one of the biggest keys to being who you want to be is telling yourself the story that you want to be and that reframing that I, I love the fact that you journal and, and just continue that on an ongoing basis because that is a, a key skill. I, I love that. Love that. It's huge. Kind of identifying those those key skills. What's next in in that identifying your your brand or the, the you know the order of things? Yeah. So that's that first step where I ask the three questions, what pisses you off, what breaks your heart, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? 
that's really formulating your point of view. And in the book, I walk people through an eight-step blueprint. So I won't go yeah. into in too much detail, but that's really step one. Yeah. Step two is crafting personal stories based oh, on your okay. point of view. So a lot of us underestimate stories and we kind of get intimidated by it because we feel like we have to become some great orator yeah. or tell everybody our life story. Nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Right. Right. That's that's like seems like a lot of work. But stories give context for the content that you're going to share. Yeah. You know, even in this short time, you, the listener, have been able to get to know me a little bit better. You heard stories right. about where I used to work, what I did to, to reframe the narrative I was telling myself. You've gotten to know me a little bit. And I've done that primarily through telling stories. Yeah. I didn't share tactical things and say, just do this, this, and this, and you'll get there. Right. Otherwise, there'd be no context for who I am and what I do. Yeah. Right. So the stories are really step number two. Once you have those stories, you need to find a platform to share them on. Now, the good news is all of us have multiple platforms yeah. at our fingertips on our cell phone. It's called social yeah. media, where you can start a podcast like this one. Yeah. You can start writing a blog. There's a lot of different. You can start a YouTube channel. Mm. You can write articles on LinkedIn. If you're mm. still in the corporate world, you're, yeah. you're, you're doing that. But you need to share your stories your, and your point, your point of view and your personal stories on a platform. And once you start doing that, you're going to start to see how your positioning comes into play. Where do you sit relative to the competition? It's really important to know who your competitors are, not maybe financially, but where is the ideal listener or reader that you're trying to reach? Where are they spending their attention? Their yeah. attention is like currency. Right. One of the questions I, that I often challenge my clients with is to, or the assignments I give them is email your friends and your family and your mm -hmm. colleagues. If you don't have any audience, you start with them and you tell them, hey, I am going to write a few articles on and you name your subject mm -hmm. and thought you might be interested. Would you like to get these updates? More people will say yes than you expect. Yeah, yeah. They write back, they say yes, and I tell them, follow up with the second question. Awesome. Two quick questions. What books, blogs, and podcasts do you listen to for this topic? And number two, what's the biggest struggle you're facing in this topic right now? That is going to be a wake-up call to you, a splash of cold water. Because if they say, I, I read guys like Todd Herman, you mentioned. Yeah. Listen, you better bring your A-game <laughs> so that people who expect or read a guy like Todd or these other people out there, mm. you better play at their level. And if you don't show up at their level, you're not yeah. going to make it. That's the cold hard truth. Right. That's what right. most people don't like to hear. Yeah. They'll say, how'd you get so, you know, to this point in your career? And, you know, I can talk about reframing and all this. And I believe all that. But on the flip side, I was very realistic. I'm like, I better have content that mm. rivals Michael Hyatt. Yeah. Or Donald Miller or mm -hmm. John Maxwell. That's how those guys hired me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just as good as they were. I just wasn't as well known. Right. With different complementary strengths that lended to that added value to their enterprises. And I showed up at a level, David, where I was good enough to be mentioned in the same breath as those guys. I'll be honest, most people just aren't good enough. <laughs> That's right. They yeah. haven't worked at their craft. They haven't taken the time or the risk to go out into the field of play, put stuff on the internet, they're scared of even publishing anything on the internet. Yeah. I'm like, okay, if that's what's gonna stop you, yeah, <laughs> go flip real estate, go right. sell cannabis, 
Yeah. Like if that's what's going to stop. I, I understand that there's fear. Yeah. I had fear. Yeah. But I was committed more than I was scared. I chose to be courageous more than I was scared. And when I did that, I earned confidence. I got better at what I did. Then the confidence came. People mm. get it backwards. Yeah. Well, confidence yeah. comes first. No, it, no, it doesn't. It yeah. absolutely does not. It comes last. Yeah. And every time you do something new, you have to go through the same process over and over again. You have to be committed more than you're scared, courageous mm. more than you're scared. That's when you earn confidence and that's when you attract and build confidence. So, you know, Man. these folks out here who are like, oh, well, I want what you do. You're going to have to do a lot of things scared and you have to get really good at one yeah. or two things. Yeah. And, and that's the honest truth. Well, and that, that reminds me of, you, you mentioned John Maxwell, and I know you've done some work with, with John. He always says, you know, look, if you want what I have, then you got to do what I did. And you got to go through that process. And gosh, Mike, that what you just shared, just that little bit right there, that's the price of admission right now, man. Uh, that's that's gold. You you got to be able to do the work and you got to do it scared. Man, I love that. I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're coming up on, on our time. But so tell everybody, where can they grab the book? I know that it's it's not released as we're recording this, but it will be very soon. Tell everybody like how to get it. And I know you got some bonuses, I think, that you're kind of planning. Yeah, the street date for the book is July 13th. You okay. can grab it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you want. It just hit Amazon. It just hit number one on Amazon Business Writing. Oh, I saw really that. Cool. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. So that was really cool. So it means a lot of folks have pre-ordered it um, at the time of, of us talking right now. But uh, whether you buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere, go to youarethebrandbook.com. You are the brand book. Send in a copy of your receipt and we will send you five bonuses, which are all complimentary to the book. They're like jelly to the peanut butter that is the book <laughs> the first bonus is a collection of stories of other folks other than me who have made this leap into this space into the personal brand expert space most of those stories in the book are mine because yeah. i wrote the book but my path is going to be different than everyone else's mm -hmm. so i just thought it'd be helpful to call on a couple of my friends who have done all this and share their stories. The second bonus is really going to be about workflows and systems because oh, cool. a business can only grow as well as its systems. Exactly. So how to scale up your business as a solopreneur, yeah. right? The systems you need to scale your business as a solopreneur. Um, the third is really about websites and branding. You okay. know, we have some design guides and website wireframes. The fourth is how I wrote the book. Oh, cool. Which is really interesting. Like some behind the scenes looks at how I titled the chapters, what my rationale was, with each chapter, okay. um, I will say that that's that's some pretty good stuff. Yeah, because uh, nobody talks about that. Authors don't want to give that stuff away. Sure. So if you're ever interested in writing your own book, I'm going to show you how I did this and baked the marketing of the book into the manuscript. Yeah. And the fifth is about intellectual property and cybersecurity, oh. how to protect your ideas and yeah. how to protect your websites and all this other stuff in this age of social media and hackers. So all those bonuses you'll get for free. Cool, and they're probably worth more than the book alone. Oh, I book yeah, is, absolutely. You know, hope worth it as well. Absolutely. So just go to youarethebrandbook.com, and all of it's right there. Youarethebrandbook.com. I will have that in the show notes as well. Mike, thank you so much for the generosity of your time uh, and sharing your your experience, sharing about your your growth journey, and and this new book. I, I'm super excited uh, to to be along on this journey with you, and and really to be able to share it with the audience. And uh, really grateful, man. Thanks so much for being on. Well, thanks so much for your support, for having me, for sharing me with your audience. And for those who tuned in, I hope that this was worth your time. And thanks for letting me serve you today. Absolutely.
Wow. There were so many uh, great takeaways from that conversation with Mike Kim. There were four things that I think were, were really key. There were more than four, but the four that I took away that I just wanted to share here at the end, that worthwhile things take time. There's a process. It's not an overnight thing. There's, there's never an overnight success. There's a process. And then the other thing that he said is that, that your best ideas come on the field of play. And man, I, I love that because you got to get in the game. You got to be able to, to start playing the game and you have to start doing the things that you need to do and then your ideas will come. The other thing that he said was that success is sequential. And I think that people forget that one thing leads to another that leads to another. And then one one success leads to another success. And there's so much value in just focusing on the one thing. And then the last thing for me uh, that not well, not the last thing, but but the, the last thing I'm just going to talk about here is that relationships are rocket ships. I, I think there is so much power in that. And if you're a business leader that normally focuses in on just the metrics and the numbers and the mechanics, the process of business. I think it's worth noting that uh, relationships are the things that help your team grow and help your help your company grow more than anything else. And I, I think that that often gets overlooked. So learn to build those relationships, learn to to, to be a friend to people and, and realize that they want the same things you do and that uh, we, we all have the same desires. And so it's also important for us to be thinking about what our brand is and, and what people are saying about us before we even get in the room. And this book is a really important book for all of us, whether you're working for a company, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a solo entrepreneur, I want to encourage you to go out and buy the book. You are the brand book and jump on the bonuses that Mike has because uh, they're going to be amazing. And I, I can't wait for uh, some of the calls that he's going to host and some of the teaching that he's going to do in addition to the things that are in the book. So hope you enjoy this conversation. And Please make sure that you tune in next time when I talk to another business owner who has had his fair share of adversity, but has really continued to, to grow and, and to build his business. And uh, his name is Jason McKenzie. Really amazing story. You're not going to want to miss that. So go out and subscribe. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. And until next time, stay outside of your comfort zone and be well. 